Okay, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Na'hamaduhu wa nasalli ala Rasulihi al-Kareem amma ba'ad. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah, and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala, and we seek blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him. So we are at the bottom of page 13 of the book, Fihi Ma Fihi, and in the PDF it's 14 in parentheses 41 of 287. And we begin with this last section of this discourse. What discourse is this, number three? Yeah, I think so. Okay, inshallah. So begin, a story is told. Okay. A story is told of Maulana Bahauddin. One day, his companions found him totally absorbed in contemplation. When the hour for prayer came, some of his disciples cried out to the Maulana that it was time to pray. The Maulanas paid no attention to what they said. They rose and began their prayers. Two disciples, however, remained in attendance on their master and did not rise to pray. One of the disciples who were at prayer, a man named Khawajiji, yeah. saw clearly with his inner eye that all those who were at prayer, including the prayer leader, had their backs to the Qibla, while those two who had remained in their master's company were facing the Qibla. Okay, so this is the type of thing that will make a whole lot of people upset. So let's dig it piece by piece. There's going to be more. So as you and I were discussing just before we started the recording, uh, Molana Bahauddin is perhaps Rumi's father, okay. um, but uh, uh, Allah knows best. And so he is in this deep absorption in what focus on Allah Ta'ala in a complete selflessness. And so what we're saying here is that as you get closer to Allah Ta'ala, you become selfless and selfless. Selfless meaning you are not as concerned about your needs. You're still taking care of yourself in terms of health, but you're not as concerned about your needs as you are about the needs of the others. To the point that you'll even look at other people's wants mm -hmm. as higher than your needs. Okay. So that's selfless, as we commonly mean. Mm -hmm. mean. Now think of self-less. And what, what does that mean? How much of your thinking is about yourself? Okay. So one way to test it, and, and don't do this while you're doing it, but like in prayer, mm -hmm. When you're in Salah, how much of your thoughts are literally about yourself? Whether it's like, i got to get this work done, or this and that. And as you get closer to Allah Ta'ala, less and less of your thoughts are about yourself. You are less and less the center of your world, and Allah Ta'ala becomes increasingly more and more the center of your world. And so this absorption is essentially saying he's in this state where there is no him, mm -hmm. and there is only Allah. Yeah. And so then prayer time comes, and then some, some of the disciples are saying it's time to pray. He is doing what he's doing. And then this person has this vision that, that, uh, that the Maulana is facing the Qibla, but they had their backs to the Qibla. Uh, try to explain that. So is it like a... Is it like a non-physical kind of way? Like they were praying, maybe they weren't paying attention? Yeah. So, so think of, from a fiqh perspective, mm -hmm. from a biology or a physiology and mechanics perspective, mm -hmm. yeah, you're facing the qibla, yeah. but where's your heart? Okay. You know, where's your thinking? It might mm -hmm. be in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. And then likewise, his focus, and so the qibla, uh, in terms of my limited vocabulary, I'd say it almost becomes a representative of, of Allah, but that's the wrong way to put it. Mm -hmm. It's the representative of your focus on Allah. Okay. That's, that's a better way to put it. Mm -hmm. And so... So he, however, is facing the Qibla, okay. meaning his focus is on Allah Ta'ala. Okay. 
And uh, you understand that, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's very easy for someone to be focused, uh, to be making their prayer mm-hmm. and to be focused on someone else. So, mm-hmm. for example, وَيْلُلْ لِلْمُسَلِّينَ أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مَنَ الشَّيْطَانَ الرَّجِيمُ right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, woe to the people who pray. And what's the next ayah? <laughs> start, start from the beginning. It's like the, the thing that the Hafiz dislikes the most, and the Hafiz that dislikes the most is call me out, right? What, is it, what was it again? So start from Okay, so, so woe to the, the person who's praying. You know, who's praying essentially, and I'm paraphrasing and simplifying, to be seen. Okay. Which means what? His his body, his sajda, his, his qiyam mm-hmm. is facing the qibla, mm-hmm. but his heart is facing the person who's watching. Mm-hmm. And so so that's what's going on here. Uh, okay, continue. Don't you hate that when, when the teacher does that? Okay. Since the master had passed beyond the state of ego consciousness and had become lost to himself, consumed in the light of God, it is the me- as is the meaning of the prophetic saying, die before you die. He had then become the light of God. And whoever turns his back on the light of God to face a wall has assuredly turned his back to the Qibla, because the light is the soul of the Qibla. Okay, so again, this is another one of those passages that are easy to completely misuse mm-hmm. to, to condemn all the Sufis and Rumi and such. So let's take it piece by piece. So the master, so we're talking about Maulana, mm-hmm. had gone beyond the state of ego consciousness, which is what again what we're talking about. His thoughts are not about himself. Okay. So think about all the different ways your thoughts about yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm hungry, I'm tired, I gotta get this work done. So it's I, 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 I. What is a hypocrite? A hypocrite verbally is always I, 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 I. Mm-hmm. So you look at just about every passage of a hypocrite in the Quran, they're always talking about themselves. Okay. Right, so there are those who believe in Allah. Who there, there are those who say we believe in Allah in the last day, but they don't believe. Or when it is said to them, "Do not make mischief in the, in the world," they're saying we are actually reformers, right? Or what's the next one? And when they're told, "Believe as the people believe," shall we believe as the fools believe? And then the third one about two-faced people. Uh, you know, when they're with the believers, they say, we are with you. When they're with their shaitans, they say, we are actually with, with you. We're making fun of them. And they're always talking about themselves. Okay. So it's one thing to, to reach the hypocrisy point where your actual actions are all about we, 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 we. But the common problem uh, a believer faces is, you, you know, you still might be selfless. You're still obeying Allah Ta'ala. Mm-hmm. You're obeying Allah Ta'ala in your intentions and your actions. Mm-hmm. But you still keep thinking about yourself. And then when you're getting to this Ihsan, you have uh, essentially no thought about yourself. So what we're also saying is those thoughts about ourselves uh, are uh, an illusion. So then it says what? So he's become lost to himself, which I think is, a, is an easy uh, statement to, to mm-hmm. misunderstanding. It's, it's, it's saying he's become insignificant to himself, okay. thus lost. Consumed in the light of God. And another way to frame this is that he is no longer anything because he's not thinking of himself. And thus, all that remains is the nur of Allah. Okay? And, and so, die before you die is essentially saying, <coughs> kill your nafs, which also sounds unnecessarily violent, but the idea being 
your focus on yourself mm-hmm. uh, is an illusion and erase it. Okay. So when it says he had then become the light of God, a better way to say this, you know, uh, for people to understand mm-hmm. is that he is then, he then has nothing restricting or blocking the light of God. Because every thought I have from myself mm-hmm. is a thought where I'm distracting myself from the light of God. So then whoever turns his back in the light of God to face a wall has assuredly turned his back to the Qibla. So that's a, that's a pretty tough language. What's the wall? The wall of the Kaaba. Mm-hmm. So if you're turning your, your back on the light of God and thus all you're facing fundamentally mm-hmm. is a wall, you're then turning your back on the Qibla. So the Qibla is what? What you're facing, your orientation. So either you reduce the, the, the Kaaba to this physical structure mm-hmm. that you're trying to reach and touch, or what is it? This is your pathway, you know, metaphorically, spiritually, to direct you towards Allah. Then it's a Qibla. Okay. So now if people face the Kaaba because the Prophet designated as the direction of prayer for the whole world, it is more fitting for him to be the direction of prayer, him being Allah Ta'ala. Yeah. For it was for his sake that the Kaaba became the Qibla. Okay, so explain it back to me. What's the difference between the Kaaba and the Qibla? I guess the Qibla is more of a metaphysical kind of, it's your focus, right? Yes. Oh, God? Yes. And the Kaaba is more of a physical manifestation of the, or, rep- or representation of placeholder, I guess? Yeah, placeholder is a good word. Yeah. Right. And so then this raises some fun questions like what if you're on the moon? What do you do? I had one teacher who was a very, very strict conservative Hanafi who said that uh, you then build a Kaaba on the moon, which I thought was a, a fun answer, but the point fits what we have here. Yeah. Your Qibla is always going to be facing Allah Ta'ala. Okay. Okay, continue. The Prophet once admonished one of his friends, saying, I summoned you. Why did you not come? Because I was in prayer. Was it not I who summoned you? I am helpless, he said. It is good, said the prophet, for you to acknowledge yourself to be helpless at all times, to see yourself helpless in times of strength, even as in times of weakness, because over your strength lies another. Okay. So in simple language, um, this, I believe, if I remember correctly, this is uh, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, mm-hmm. and I think the story is in Surah Al-Anfal. Uh, okay. And so what is it saying? Basically, when the prophet is calling you to something that, that will give you life, mm-hmm. then you should answer Okay. So it's probably fair to assume that Abdullah ibn Mas'ud is praying a nafal prayer. Okay. And so think about this. Uh, the Prophet is calling him. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Do you finish your prayer and then answer? Or do you answer the Prophet? What's being prescribed here? Answer the Prophet. So why do we answer the Prophet? Because the Prophet is mm-hmm. the voice in your world of Allah Ta'ala. Right? He is the conduit. Yeah through which Allah Ta'ala is addressing you. So in the, your Salah, you're trying to direct yourself to Allah, mm-hmm. right? We just had the whole point about the Qibla. Mm-hmm. But the Prophet, peace be upon him, is also the voice through which Allah Ta'ala is speaking to you. Okay. So if the Prophet is calling you, that is better than your nafal prayers in getting closer to Allah. Okay. And so he's saying, I'm helpless in the sense that, okay, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And so, so the Prophet Peace obviously does not reprimand him. Yeah. And he's saying it's good to acknowledge that you're helpless. What are you acknowledging? Need. And that's what most of the rest of this discourse mm-hmm. is going to be about. To see yourself helpless 
in times of strength, even in times of weakness, because over your strength lies another, meaning uh, Allah Ta'ala or the Prophet and such. And so all of us, whether we acknowledge it or not, 100% of our lives, we are vulnerable and dependent. And the moment we believe we're independent, we've begun to stray away. And it doesn't mean that we're always seeing ourselves as dependent, but you can still be 100% dependent and yet have tremendous strength. And a better way to look at that is that you're always 100% vulnerable. Any moment right now, Allah Ta'ala could cause me to have a stroke. And think about how microscopic a stroke is. Any moment right now, Allah Ta'ala can block an artery and, and mess up my heart. That's how vulnerable I am. And a bigger version of that is any moment Allah Ta'ala, this is in the language of the Quran, could open up a sinkhole mm -hmm. that I could fall into. Now think about this in the context of anxiety. So a lot of times, you know, uh, that people are full of anxiety, always concerned, things are going to fall apart, things are going to mm -hmm. fall apart. But what we're saying, the approach you actually want to have mm -hmm. is, yeah, to be comfortable in the mm -hmm. fact that things can fall apart at any moment. Yeah which means you have to go through whatever you have to go through. Imagine trying to falling in a sinkhole and how terrifying that is and such, or you know having a stroke and how terrifying that is. You know, Melodel preserve us from all these things, inshallah, I mean. But the point being that there's a certain type of comfort that a person needs to develop in their vulnerability. If they don't have that, then they're gonna be overtaken by anxiety. Okay, continue. At all times, and in all conditions, you are subject to God's will. You are not to have such that at times you are in control and at the other times not. Keep his strength in view and always realize that you yourself are helpless, not in control, impotent, wretched. If even lions, tigers, and crocodiles are helpless and quake before him, what then of puny mankind? Mm -hmm. that, yeah. So this is the same point I've been making, right? Yeah. <clears throat> You're always uh, subject to Allah's will. Now, one difference between Allah and a king, because we're going to be speaking about kings in a second, mm -hmm. is kings have whims. Mm -hmm. And so we have this, this idea that if a king uh, wants to do something, a king is so powerful, it gets done immediately. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like in, in stories like Alice in Wonderland, you'll have the queen who is saying, off with their heads, mm -hmm. bam, immediate execution. Yeah. So one thing you can rely upon is Allah Ta'ala is not whimsical. This is not a play for Allah in the way it is for a king or a dictator. So on the one hand, you are acknowledging, internalizing that you are completely at his mercy. Yet one thing that can give you calm is that it's not going to be whimsical. Okay, uh, continue. The heavens and earth are all helpless and dominated by his law. He is a mighty king. His light is not like the light of the sun and, and moon, in spite of whose existence things remain as they are. No, when his, light, when his light shines without being screened, neither the heavens remain nor the earth, neither the sun nor the moon, save that king, no one remains. Okay, give me an example in our narratives of what's being spoken about here. When the, his light shines without being screened, neither the heavens, and the earth, heavens remain nor the earth. Or the sun and the moon, save the king. Easy example. It'll, it'll come, you'll be like, oh yeah, yeah. Musa alayhi salam. So Musa alayhi salam, Allah Ta'ala is speaking to him, and then Musa alayhi salam says, can I see you? 
right? And then he's told, you're not going to be able to handle it. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing, of yeah. course. And then he's told, all right, look over there. Yeah. And then this super ultra microscopically thin ray of divine light, whatever yeah. that even means, hits the mountain yeah. and then it crumbles. Yeah. And not only does the mountain crumble, what happens to Musa? He passes out. Yeah. And so there is this reality of Allah Ta'ala's light, mm-hmm. which existence, those things that are in existence, mm-hmm. cannot handle. And so all these things we have in between us and the light of Allah mm-hmm. are actually even rahmah for us. Okay. So it goes too far when we're screening ourselves from Allah mm-hmm. with narcissism. Mm-hmm. You want to remove the narcissism, but a lot of times you can't because the consequence of believing is too heavy. So I'll give you a common, a common issue that I'll have with students who are coming to the office mm-hmm. who are struggling with faith. Mm-hmm is we'll go through all the rational arguments and stuff for why, you know, they struggle with faith, <coughs> science and miracles, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And we'll get past all those things. Mm-hmm. And I'll bring them to a point where I'll say to them, uh, the reason you're struggling to embrace faith is because, and so, uh, I mean, I even have examples of students who will even say, every time I make this one mm-hmm. prayer, going back my whole life, it's always got an answer. Mm-hmm. Like, Every time I lose something, mm-hmm. I say that, I always find it, mm-hmm. find what I've lost. Uh, and then, and so this is a common scenario where then I'll say that, okay, you're even seeing that it works, mm-hmm. but what's holding you back is it's going to require you to embrace everything else, mm-hmm. which means the things you don't want to embrace, which often is like the misconduct of a family member and then a per- the same person is praying that it doesn't seem like the prayers have gotten answered. And that's also Allah's will and how the prayer gets answered. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so that is also a shield from the power of the nur from Allah. But a lot of those things are survival techniques. Okay. And when you can embrace your vulnerability, that becomes a stronger shield. Your vulnerability is actual, your embrace of your vulnerability is actually a shield of protection. Okay, okay continue. A king once said to a dervish, when you, when you enjoy glory and proximity at God's court, make mention of me. When I am in that presence, said the dervish, and am exposed to the radiance of that sun of beauty, I am unable to make mention of myself, much less of you. Okay, so explain the first part and then explain the second part. Explain the king's request. So I guess the king is saying that when, when a dervish has reached that state, when he's in that state of mm-hmm. closeness to God, to mention him. Or yeah, like make dua for yeah. me, kind of like that. Okay. But then the dervish is saying when he's that close to God, like his self goes away, right? Uh-huh. And it's almost like if you explain the inverse, it's even easier. Yeah. When I remove myself, then I'm yeah. in the presence. Okay. Which means I don't even have space, brain yeah. space to think about myself. Yeah. All right, let's finish it off. Nonetheless, when God has chosen one of his servants and caused him to be absorbed into himself, if anyone should grab hold of his skirt and make a request of God, God will grant that request without the mystic, so much as mentioning it to God. Okay, what does it mean to grab hold of the skirt? What does it literally mean? And then in terms of Dean, what do you think it means? So, is, is this relating to this first story, right? So, a little bit. So, like saying like the king would actually grab onto his skirt and yeah. want to be there? When yeah, so it's kind of like, you know, state? hey, king, please, please. Yeah. Right, you know, you're, you're literally holding on. So in terms of our structures and Dean, what would be a metaphor of that? So like asking someone to make the law free or... So holding the skirt 
a metaphor, the metaphorical version of that is, is the Kiswa of the Kaaba, oh. right? Uh, and that becomes almost metaphorically like you're trying to get Allah Ta'ala's int- uh, attention. But of course, you don't have to be in Mecca, yeah, yeah. but that is one of the types of metaphors mm. that you're making. Then you're making a request of Allah. Mm. But the closer you are to Allah, <coughs> you are making the request is being answered before you even make it. Okay. But you have to go through the process yeah. of what? The yearning. Okay. So another way to think about this is as you get closer to Allah, mm-hmm. you're speaking less with your tongue mm-hmm. and more and more with your heart. Okay. And your heart has this yearning mm-hmm. that your tongue is interpreting and manifesting mm-hmm. as a dua. Okay. And so as you're closer to Allah, it's your heart that is doing the speaking, mm-hmm. saying, this is my yearning. Okay. And Allah tells us answering that. Okay. The prayer of the heart. Okay. Okay. Finished off. The story is told of a king who had a subject he held in the highest esteem. When that man was about to set out for the king's palace, all those who had requests to make would give him letters to present to the king, and he would put them in a pouch. When he came to the king's presence and the king's radiant beauty shone over him, he would fall unconscious at the king's feet. The king would put his hand lovingly into the man's pouch, saying, What does this subject of mine, who is absorbed by my beauty, have? He would draw out the letters and note approval on the backs, and then replace them in the pouch. Thus, without being presented, all the requests were granted. Not one was ever denied. In fact, the petitioners were given more than they asked. However, out of the hundreds of requests made by other subjects who retained consciousness and were able to present petitions to the king on behalf of others, only rarely were any granted. So, this is moving from Islam to Iman Mm -hmm. to Ihsan. So, the person at Islam, Mm -hmm. when that person makes a dua, it's almost like they're surprised that it's been answered. The person at Ihsan Mm -hmm. is what? What does Ihsan even mean? It means like the beautification Mm -hmm. or perfection of your deen or the beautification perfection of your Iman or the beautification perfection of your relationship with Allah Ta'ala. All Mm -hmm. are essentially the same point. And so, what does it mean to be getting closer to Allah? You're becoming more taken by the beauty of Allah. And more overtaken by the love of Allah. Mm -hmm. Or we might even in our language use the Rahmah Mm -hmm. of Allah. And so, when you're at that point, your heart is the one that is speaking. He's giving you everything. And so, how do you get that? Putting all of these stories together, especially from today's part, 